something that I do not find hilarious and I find baffling mm-hmm. is okay. I understand that Emily does not speak French, and then when she's in a scene, everyone speaks <laughs> in English. <laughs> But there are scenes where she is not there. I know. I find that like to be part of the comedy of the show. And the French people speak to each other in, in English. English. And they're like, oh my God, I cannot believe. And they're like, oh my God, I cannot believe it either. And it's like, <laughs> parle en français, bitch. Like you don't speak to each other in English. Hi, I'm Marilyn, and you're listening to Who Run the Time, a spin-off of Who Run the World, which we began recording in the great global lockdown of 2020 when we were desperately trying to find ways to run the time. And as the pandemic has progressed and come and gone, we have discovered that the time, lo and behold, continues to run. And so we continue to run it with you through these episodes where we discuss how we're wasting our time these days. Rhea, yes. what was the biggest time waster of our Christmas vacation? Emily in Paris. Hell is yeah, season two. Season two. What a show. There is something about it that just makes you want to binge through it. <laughs> It's just this show is just so bad that it's good, but is it so good that it's bad? It's like cotton candy. People who haven't seen Emily in Okay, Paris. okay. So in season one... Emily moves from the U.S. She works for an agency. She moves to Paris where this big U.S. company has just bought a smaller Parisian agency. Called Savoir. Called Savoir. Which is, is that know-how in English or is that no? It's knowledge. And so Emily moves there and kind of does this whole like culture shock, American in Paris thing. Ends up winning a few points, figures her life out a little bit and then becomes friends with Gabrielle. Who's a restaurateur. He's a restaurateur. chef. And a chef. So he lives in her building. You know, everyone who moves to Paris, you lived in has Paris, Has a hot Maryland, French guy living underneath him. Who's a chef, and he has a little <laughs> bistro underneath, and that's where y'all hang out. Like, that's what happens in France, right? Totalement. Yeah. And like, his girlfriend, Camille. Camille. She's so Most annoying. fucking annoying character also on the planet. Also cannot speak English to save her life. And Can't the worst her. actor I've ever seen in my entire totally. life. Totally. Anyways, Camille's family owns a champagne domain. and Emily Champère. Champère. And Emily ends up having her come over as a client. They're all buddy-buddy. And then Gabriel decides he wants to move back to Normandie to open his restaurant there. And he's done with Paris. And then he breaks up with Camille. And then after they break up, him and Emily do the deed. Sous la pluie. And that is how we end season <laughs> one. Also some other cast of characters. So there's Emily's best friend who's from China but lives in Paris. Who's Did also like a Chinese singer. idol has yes. been banned by her father. Love her. And then there's also the team at Savoir. So there's Sylvia who's the boss and then the two others. I forget their names. Me too. I have a question for this advertising <laughs> agency. Are they all client services? Like who's the creatives? There's a bunch of people sitting in the background who yes. you assume are the ones doing the work. Who knows? <laughs> And also, like, Emily is hailed as this social media Guru. genius. You see the ticker of how much people are following. The engagement is not that high. <laughs> like, for someone who knows a little bit about the industry, it's, like, not that good. Like, she's good, but she's not this ingenue that arrived to Paris and is teaching the French about social media. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously so many plot holes. And the last thing we should say is that Emily convinces one of her clients to fund a restaurant for Gabriel and therefore seasons two starts off with him deciding to stay in Paris. 
Emily feels bad about sleeping with him. Because she wants to stay friends with everybody because it's yes. Emily and she can't make anybody upset at her. I have beef with Emily on this one, to be honest. You do? She is the worst decision maker I have ever met in Yeah, my life. but that's her, that's the whole spiel of this comedy. I guess. It makes her so unlikable. Also, her outfits are horrendous. Anyway. <laughs> American dressing for Paris, Sarah. Huh? This is the thing. You slept with Gabrielle. Fine. Yeah. That happens. That's not the bad thing that happened. He ends up staying. You don't tell Camille. Fine. But then, you try to get them back together. Tell you, but this is a lot. Like, if you think back to the American comedy of, like, Clueless, even Legally Blonde. It's quite common in that typology of comedy that the main character is always doing the one thing where you're like, oh my God. That's the whole uh, fundamentals of this comedic style. There's something about Mary. Like, you got to think about those. It's like where it's the like where you root for the main character, but they keep getting it wrong. And I think there's a lot of saving grace in the show that keeps you there. You know who's the best character of the show? Paris. This is why we're friends. Spending time in Paris is worth it. I do believe they film in Paris. It's such a nice background for all of this. Because there's a lot of plot holes, plot mistakes, plot confusion. <laughs> plot whatever. If this show was in New York or LA, you'd be like, y'all are dumb. <laughs> and you'd move on with your life. But Whereas, they're French. But they're French because... So it's mystical. Exactly. But you know what else is the second best character of the show? I don't think you're going to guess this one. The second best character? Mm -hmm. The French labor law. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> Having worked in France, I'm cracking up on this stuff. All right. So you guys. So for some background, <laughs> my previous company was French. Correct. Right? Deezer. And I currently work with a lot of French partners. And at keyword, we had a French office. We had a French office. Wonderful so, so French colleagues that we love. So French labor laws and France as a place to work has been very present in both of our lives. Mm -hmm. And can I say, they're right in a lot of things that they that say. That is so true. I am, and no French people got mad at Emily and Paris. I'm like, babes, it's so true. I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, if you are in crisis mode, try to get a French person on a phone on a Saturday. It's try not it. It's not happening. It will not happen. Something that they still need to do on the show, which they haven't covered, in terms of French labor law or French labor practices, is summer vacation. Oh my God, yes. Because, okay, so this is a French work schedule mm -hmm. for the year. <laughs> okay. They will work solidly from January to May. Yes. Then May starts with like the series of long weekends. Yes. So you have a lot of long weekends. They're absent. They're neither here nor there. <laughs> we don't know where they are. <laughs> and then... We suspect they are eating cheese and drinking wine. Exactly. <laughs> and then June to August... Forget it. C'est les vacances. If I remember correctly, the French labor law imposes that you take a certain... I think three weeks of your vacation during les vacances. Exactly. And then after les vacances, what do they have? La rentrée. La rentrée. La rentrée is usually used for school. The entire French population has la rentrée because they all have to return from their vacation. Exactly. God forbid. It's so funny. Someone recently asked me, they're like, so do you think that like France will be adopting flexible work? They are the precursors of short work weeks. That's true. So that is only one aspect of work flexibility. They were the first country, one of the first countries to push that and make it like 35 hour work week, the default. But 
the way that their law is provisioned. Like, for example, if I hire a freelancer and I pay them the same amount of money for three months in a row, they are hereby considered an employee and have the same rights as an employee. If someone's not doing their job, but they are showing up to work, can't fire them. I'm exaggerating a bit, but kind of. Mm. Essentially, that's why France has such a huge culture of presenteeism mm. because they cannot be considered to having abandoned their post if they come to work. So I was like, I don't think they're going to be flexible anytime soon because the cost of the labor law on French companies is so high that finding extra productivity is difficult. And so it's like, I barely trust you when you're in the building. <laughs> I ain't going to trust you when you're not. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But I think the French labor law is so goddamn restrictive. It's after la rentrée, uh -huh. they work from September, October, November. And then December, it's Christmas. It's C'est Noël. C'est Noël. All in all, the French people work for about eight months out of the year. Which makes them one of the countries with the highest productivity in the world. Yes, because when By they're the at the office, they just, have, they, just yeah, they just do it. And so Emily in Paris brings this out. Because on the other hand, you have America. Who which doesn't is get it. Workaholics, yeah. work all hours of the day. There's no much boundaries between people and work. But also, Americans think on their feet. They're able to think of new ways of doing things. They're not as rigid in their way of working. Mm -hmm. And therefore, there is this dichotomy, which is really true in the world, between the American way of doing this and the French way of doing Totalement. this. Totalement. For example, in this season, they're like, it's illegal for French people to work on weekends. And, and that actually causes one of the misunderstandings exactly. in, the, in the season. And it's so funny because Emily is like, what do you mean? But we have to get this <laughs> done. Like, the, we have no choice. And so it's just so funny the way they do that. And then Sylvia, who's the boss, is like, oh, Emily, you're so American. Like, yeah, Sylvia who smokes insult. in her office. Exactly. I was actually surprised they let her smoke on the show, considering how Americans are like so peckish about Listen, this shit. I was recently in France for a business trip. And it's true, everybody And they smokes. all smoke. They all go out for lunch for an hour. Yes, it's spoofy, but it's true and it's spoof. Something that I do not find hilarious and I find baffling mm -hmm. is okay. I understand that Emily does not speak French. And then when she's in a scene, everyone speaks in English. <laughs> But there are scenes where she is not there. I know. I find that like to be part of the comedy of the show. And the French people speak to each other in, in English. English. And they're like, oh my God, I cannot believe. And they're like, oh my God, I cannot believe it either. And it's like, parle en français, bitch. Like you don't speak to each other in English. That just tells you who Netflix thinks is the audience of this show. And obviously they don't give a shit if French people watch it. I love that. Because honestly, it reminds me of like TV comedy shows in the 90s and the early 2000s. Where nothing had to make sense. It just had to be funny. And I think okay, there's a lightheartedness around. And no, oh, plot holes? No one cares. Who cares? Oh, this is over-dramatized, unrealistic? Fuck off. What's nice about this show is they commit. <laughs> They commit fully, fully like Emily is going to wear a ridiculous outfit every, every fucking, day. fucking episode. Totalement. Now, something that I would like to talk about as well mm -hmm. is the love triangles. We're talking about Emily, Gabrielle, Camille. And then Emily, Gabrielle, Alfie. Correct. Are we also talking about Sylvie's love triangling? We can talk about Sylvie for an hour. I love her. She is my favorite character. She's a very free character open with her sexuality and has open relationships and all these things she actually turned out to be the more honest character true never lied to anybody about nope. who she is 
And then when it was the her versus the American boss, who was played Addison Montgomery on Grey's Anatomy, beautifully played, might I? Amazing! This like pregnant woman who's like <laughs> eating snacks Starbucks. all the time in Starbucks. What was nice in that plot point? They said, "Oh, actually, maybe the American way is not the right way." So, what about the love triangles, Razie? Okay, so let's Sylvie's triangle apart. She's not in a triangle. She's Kinda just her. Is. She's a she's a point that she's th- in travels a, in this world. She's in a hexagon. Yeah, but they all know about each other, kind of, at some point. All right, so are you team Gabrielle or team Alfie? Meaning, who would I have picked if I was Emily, or meaning as an outsider? As an outsider. And then who would you have picked as Emily? Actually, you know what? Controversial opinion. I would have picked Gabrielle for both. I get that Alfie's like the more real guy. He's been the honest one. He truly cares about her. He's vulnerable and doesn't want to be hurt. Calls her out on her bullshit. I get that. But I think he doesn't balance her quite well enough. And I think he can't meet her where she is. You have to be a certain amount of dramatic to be around her. And I think that Alfie's too much of a banker for that. Mm, he's too uh, boots on the ground. Yeah, like he's he's cute and lovely and at first is a dick and then opens himself up and is a very stereotypical character in that way. But in a cute, like loving Habibi Alfi kind of way, can't believe you're going to hurt him. But I think that if I was Emily and as an outsider, I just don't think he's a match. I agree. If I was Emily, I would choose Gabrielle because... A, she loves him. She's been into him since like day fucking one. Yeah, and like get it, like she wouldn't be able to be with anyone until she gets that out of her system. That's true. But for me, I think I would choose Alfie. Yeah, for me, I would still choose Gabriel. First of all, let's face it, he's a chef. Mm -hmm. In an alternative reality of my existence, I'd love to be a chef. Like that world is a world that I'd love to be in and that would be a great kind of adventure to do together. I also just think he's, um, he's cuter, to be honest. You have a thing for, you know, darker men. Mm. And also, I would much rather pick a French lover. Truly, the French are better lovers. They're better at prioritizing quality of life. Than the Brits. Than the Anglo-Saxons in general, yes. Yeah, I like Alfie for me because he's more salt of the earth, you know? Yeah. Likes to go play football on the weekend. Wants to go to simple restaurants. Likes to do fun things, will challenge me and not take what I say at face value. Likes to have a good time. And I think the French people with their too much philosophications of things. Also, by the way, I'd pick Gabrielle only because it can fuck Camille because I hate her. Oh yeah, Camille is the, uh. is, is the worst, 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 character? worst character. Worst actress. How did they hire her? I don't know. They must have thought she looked very French. And her English is so I bad. Cannot. And she's like, hello, blue, 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 blue. And I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> and she's like, neither mean nor nice, neither this nor that. I like, don't get her at all. Like everyone else fits the stereotype, whatever. Hey, la, la, she doesn't actually fit the stereotype she of a French nothing. girl at all. Season two ends with Gabrielle and Camille getting back together. Sylvie spinning off her own agency. Her own agency. And inviting Emily to join. Did not see that coming. The show is literally called Emily in Paris. Emily has to be in Paris. But she was going to stay anyway with the American boss. So Emily finally says out loud that she's in love with Gabrielle as she's deciding to do a long distance relationship with Alfie. Yikes. And so the final scene is 
Emily on her way to tell Gabrielle she loves him. He opens the door. Camille has moved in. So they all live in and the same building. And she is conveniently listening to music on her earpods, so doesn't hear what Emily says. They all live now in the same building, so that's going to be a comédie de situation. That's what the French like. And so she walks to a bridge in Paris overlooking the Seine. She pulls up her phone and she calls Sylvie to give her her answer. So... On this cliffhanger, my dear. What's going to happen? Fellow audience, we have to wait for season three. Yes. Place your bets. I think she's going to go with Sylvie, stay in Paris. We're going to have a few episodes of her and Alfie dating and Camille and Gabrielle in some ridiculous situations. And they're going to end season three with her and Gabrielle finally getting together in the will they, won't they. Everything else, I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. You don't need to see season three. There, Khalas, we've uh, we've nailed it for you. And yeah. if they don't do that, they're fools. But listen, in the meantime, as you wait for season three to come out, and you're looking for an entertaining show that's full of emotion and laughs, you can tune in to Who Run the World. You can follow us on Instagram at Who Run the World Pod. You can email us the next show you'd like us to review on say hi at who run the world podcast.com and you can leave us a review if you think we're amazing so more people like you can binge us also maybe netflix in the future will stumble upon our podcast and say you know what let's do Araya and marilyn in paris and what a show that would be <laughs> who run the world in paris sure i mean listen <laughs>